Hello, lovers. Welcome to Rebirth of Venus. As you know, this is the podcast where we talk dirty about spiritual evolution, the self-love revolution, and how to embody the archetype of Venus, original bad bitch, every damn day. My name is Caitlin Matanley, and I want to thank you so deeply for being here. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Friday, the day of Venus, as always. And it's a little later in the day than I expected it to be when I was talking to you all, but I'm going to explain why in just a few minutes. Um, so, well, you know what? First off, before I get in into today's topic, I want to really extend my deepest thanks to each and every one of you who has listened to these podcasts, who has written me with feedback, with ideas, with interesting points of discussion. And most importantly, I really want to thank all of you who have taken time out to log onto iTunes and leave a review for this podcast. I really, really appreciate those five-star reviews and um, just that positive feedback about what we're talking about here on the show. Because, well, of course, I mean, it's nice to hear that something you're doing creatively is resonating with people. Really, I mean, this show is for you. And so it's so gratifying and it's so I don't know touching to find that people are finding value in this information that they are resonating with these ideas that are really just ideas that sort of float around in my head conversations I have with myself and really like force my boyfriend to listen to usually <laughs> um, as I'm you know half talking to myself half talking to anybody who will listen so it really means a lot that this information, um, that this perspective means something. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I really want to express my deepest appreciation. So as some of you may have noticed on, uh, on Instagram, I had talked about this a few times, our topic for today was originally going to be sex magic. And what happened is this morning I actually recorded a fantastic episode on sex magic for you all and then discovered that it hadn't saved correctly. No idea why. Maybe it's a memory thing. I hadn't received any notification that the microphone had just turned off. It just did. So I went about the rest of my day, which I'll be perfectly honest, was a pile of chaos. And um, I was really dreading sitting down and recording the episode all over again. And then after everything that happened today, I realized that's not what we're talking about today. <laughs> that's not the message that needs to be shared today. Now, don't worry. We're still definitely going to talk about sex magic, probably next week, but if not next week, in a very, a very upcoming episode. I'm not going to leave you hanging. Don't worry. But today I wanted to switch gears and talk about something a little more resonant, both to me personally and honestly to many people right now. Um, this is just, honestly, this is just a message I've gotten from Spirit that I really think is what we all need to hear, myself included, right now. So I decided instead to log on and just talk. I don't have any notes. So... I'm just going to hope that what I'm about to say is going to resonate with you as much as I hope it resonates with me when I stop and listen back to the file. You know, 
really this podcast is a great way for me to give myself advice. (laughs) So what I want to talk about today instead is how to feel good when everything feels like shit. And a big piece of this is how to take responsibility for the chaos that we create in our worlds. So I'm going to use myself as an example because, I mean, hey, why not? (laughs) I was going to lay it all out here. So um, I had some issues today with the recording with some technical you know, various technical issues I which fed into me being late for a work appointment after having already missed another work appointment because I was recording <laughs> which led me to then and need then need time after that appointment to handle some other errands which all took much longer than expected Um, which led me to being tired, getting on the metro and missing my stop, um, which led to me having to turn around and go back in the other direction, which led me to, again, um, actually going the wrong direction (laughs) again and missing another work appointment. And the specifics really aren't interesting, but the point here is that it I noticed very early in the day that there was this chaos swirling around me. And, you know, a lot of people will just immediately go there and they'll just think, wow, this is a shitty day. What a bad day. Oh, I'm having a bad day. I'm having the worst day, you know? And I mean, I've come far enough in my own personal evolution to recognize how dangerous that is, what a slippery slope that is. And so at the beginning of this process of chaos unfolding, I was, you know, I really realized that I was creating this. I mean, this wasn't a coincidence that all these things were happening because the reality is my days usually go pretty well or pretty smoothly, I should say. My days usually, you know, I start them with intention. It's not to say nothing goes wrong, but when things go wrong, I'm able to really, you know, turn them around quickly and not put my identity in them. My, you know, some people put their identity into negative events like that they're an unlucky person or that they, nothing ever goes right for them. You create this story. And I've really, I really don't do that very often anymore. So... What I realized is that, you know, some, I was, I had to take responsibility for all these things. And of course, the fact of the matter is, even though it was one thing after another, I was responsible. I mean, I could have left earlier. I could have planned my morning better. I could have done this and that and the other thing, chosen not to do additional tasks, whatever. But I didn't. And my question was, well, why didn't I? And you know, Why wasn't I more focused on the metro? Why wasn't I, you know, this, that, the other thing? Really, the specifics don't matter because the reality is we've all been there where we've had these days where one thing goes wrong after the other. Now, that being said, to call this a bad day would be a little ridiculous. 
the reality is, is that I had a lot of things happen that were great. I just sneezed. Excuse me. <laughs> I don't edit this podcast um, as far as the content. So really what you hear is what is happening. I like to keep it real. So sorry about that. Um, so it wasn't that I was like thinking, I oh, this is the worst day. I'm having a bad day. The thing is, I recognized very quickly that this was a creation of my subconscious and why. And I realized that this, you know, I'm in the middle of a big up level. <laughs> and uh, she had that nervous laugh. I just, <laughs> when I said the word up level, I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to get into the details of what that means because it's personal. But, um, and by personal, I mean, not necessarily very interesting to anybody else. <laughs> not that it's super private. But, you know, I'm up-leveling my mindset, my surroundings, my existence, what I want for myself, my goals, etc. And this, I'm sure of it, was my ego's response to all of that. That fear of things getting even better. That desire to keep playing small. You know, we all self-sabotage. Whether it's by procrastinating, by, you know, engaging in habits you know don't serve you, whether it's keeping people around who you know kind of keep you small or encourage you to stay small. Or sometimes it's just energetic in, the, in this case, you know. I mean, yeah, I could say, oh, ener- you know, I just didn't leave on time, you know, for a few of those problems. But the reality is when I'm in alignment – and I leave late and I'm calm and I'm joyous and happy. I always get there on time. Or when I arrive, you know, the person I'm meeting is late or something. It always works out. And I am not kidding. It's actually quite funny. So for me, this was an energetic sabotage. I could tell. And so what I chose to do early in the day was have a sense of humor <laughs> and just kind of laugh about it. That being said, you know, thing after thing happening led me to where I am now, which is feeling just so tight and not like in the, you know, good way, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I went there, but um, although I mean, hey, you know, that too, but in terms of just feeling um, contracted and I realized like I was in the danger zone. I had to get back to feeling good. And this is why. This is an idea that I think was you know, originated with Abraham Hicks, who, if you don't know, just look up on YouTube, Abraham Hicks. <laughs> You'll find a thousand videos. Long story short, basically, this woman channels universal consciousness and presents lots of wisdom about law of attraction, about universal love and consciousness. And yeah, it sounds super out there, but... Honestly, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty legit. (laughs) Anyway, I'm not going to go into that too much now, but they, the entities known as Abraham Hicks, um, talk a lot about the importance of feeling good. And this is really actually the, the tenant, the core tenant of their discussion of the law of attraction. And this is why, because when you feel good, um, it, your feelings dictate your experiences. 
and the desires you have for your future, your desired manifestations, you're not desiring the thing. You're desiring a feeling that you know or that you imagine that will give you. But most of us don't realize that and we focus on the thing. And so especially when it comes to goals, like, you know, goals that require a lot of hard work, you know, that's in capitals right there and quotes, <laughs> hard work. Goals that require a lot of hard work to get there. We tend to focus on toiling and sacrificing and we spend the whole time being miserable and then we get there and we're still unhappy and we wonder why. <laughs> I mean, really, it's funny because a lot of people who don't understand the whole, not just the whole feeling good thing, but a lot of these ideas presented by the law of attraction and a lot of schools of thought, spiritual thought and magical thought in general you know, a lot of these ideas are actually really nuanced. And I find that people, that critics often, you know, say, oh, you can't just like feel good all the time, blah, blah, blah. But actually what they're talking about is much deeper than just like eating pizza all day. Because the reality is eating pizza all day does not make you feel good. It might make you feel good, you know, for a couple hours, but by the end of the day, you're not going to feel great. And you know what? Even if you do, maybe because you absolutely love pizza, that next day, you're going to wake up with such a desire to do something different and probably highly productive. And you're going to feel so amped up by your relaxing day of eating pizza, assuming that's something that truly brings you joy, that you're actually going to get more done. It's just going to be on a different schedule than the nine to five, be productive 40 hours a week schedule. I'm getting off on a tangent. What I realized is that I had to get back to feeling good because I did not feel good. And honestly, I'm still not there. I'm sitting here, I'm tense, but I wanted to talk to you guys about this idea because we are sensual creatures. We are sensual beings. We experience the world through our senses. And yet, what I would call Western civilization, I only say that because I've not experienced Eastern civilization. But honestly, I would argue that it's capitalist civilization. <laughs> so I don't think it's just the West necessarily. We really don't put value on feeling good, especially in the United States. Now, there are a lot of theories why, particularly in the United States, there's this distrust and this distrust of, of pleasure and this real idea that you're lazy if you pursue pleasure, you know, it has its roots in, you know, this idea of the Protestant work ethic of this idea that if you work really hard, you'll get into heaven. There's a big religious component there. And definitely, I mean, I live in Mexico. The, I, I am absolutely, completely comfortable making this generalization. Mexican culture puts a far greater importance on pleasure than the culture of the United States, without a doubt. But still, people everywhere really, really struggle with this because if you're in a job, a normal job, you don't really have the luxury of just following your whims. But that doesn't mean you can't choose to feel good. There's so many ways you can make your work more pleasurable. And... I'm, I actually talked about a couple of these ideas on episode two, nine ways to ch channel Venus that cost basically no money. 
um, I talked about making your work more pleasurable. So go on and listen to that episode if you want a little bit of inspiration. But when you're living in a, from a place of lack, of scarcity, of denied pleasure, that is not the place of creation. It is extremely difficult from that place to create truly meaningful and productive um, anything. <laughs> and here's the thing. What's, what makes some, one person feel pleasure might be that quote-unquote hard work. Some people are aligned by that drive, and sometimes I am too, but other people are not. So this isn't about, you know, that one is better than the other. This is about making sure that you feel, well, first of all, that you feel in your body. You know, I talked about in the past, you know, this idea of, okay, are you sitting up straight? Are you breathing properly? Are you hydrated? These are the absolute bare minimums that if you don't have those needs met, especially the water and of course food, but something about being dehydrated will just take me from, you know, the freaking highest vibe, you know, person <laughs> in the goddamn universe to a total monster in about two minutes flat. So hydration, super important. So I realized I was feeling like shit and I was feeling bad about myself and I was feeling like I couldn't do anything right and I was feeling like I should know better like I should be past this this self self sabotage you know all of these things I was thinking and I was doing things that I thought would make me feel better you know like trying to be productive add an errand blah 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 and you know on one level they did because it was just like one less thing in my head at least which is great but you know, I still, once I finally returned home, feeling like I had made a mess of my entire day, I really felt like just lost. And that was when I knew I had to get back to myself. So, you know, I really recommend the first thing in when you have these days or these periods of life, because honestly, I've been talking to a lot of people feeling like, shit has just hit the fan in their lives. And I can't say that's been the case in my life, but I have my days. <laughs> and I've definitely experienced that in the past. Absolutely. Where it feels like everything is falling apart. And I really want to remind you all that everything has to crumble in order to be rebuilt. And if things are not, if the foundation is not strong and you don't initiate the change that has to be accomplished I often the universe will do it for you and not always honestly usually the universe will do this in following the path of least resistance which tends to be the shittiest path for the ego <laughs> you know we're talking things like divorce like being laid off from your job fired from your job you know all of these things that are like oh shit <laughs> so and we're and and Venus is retrograde. So a lot of these themes are magnified. And 
it's important to recognize that a few things. One, you don't know what the reason is behind something. However, first, and this is absolutely the first step, when, when everything feels like shit, before you even try to pull meaning from anything, you must take responsibility. I really believe that you can't pick and choose what you take responsibility for in life. You can either take responsibility for everything or nothing. And the problem is when you refuse to take responsibility for things, then you feel like life is just happening to you and like you have no control over it. And what people don't realize is that that includes the good things. If you don't take responsibility for your life, then even when good things happen, it feels like they're just going to disappear at any time because you can't acknowledge what you did to get there. It's the same thing. So when the negative stuff happens, that's an opportunity to also take responsibility. This is not saying that you're to blame for everything. Responsibility and blame are different. And anybody who argues that they're the same is honestly lazy. That's lazy thinking because of course everything is more nuanced. And I am talking about critics of the law of attraction or a lot of these areas of, of spiritual thought that talk about, you know, attraction, what you attract into your world. I'm also talking about some supposed gurus in the field. Gurus. I said that really strangely the first time. <laughs> gurus in the field who also don't go deeply into the work. Because if you go deeply into the work of, for example, Abraham Hicks, it is, they make it extremely clear that there's a difference. But unfortunately, a lot of people just hear the sound bites or, you know, read a quote and they're like, oh, that's bullshit without actually understanding the real depth of thought behind these things. So when I say you have to take responsibility, what I mean is this. Acknowledge, you know, what am I putting out in the world today? Because I've never attracted shit when I was feeling like I was the bomb. Never. And I know that is going to rub some people the wrong way, but I am including really shitty things that have happened, (laughs) you know, especially because they're not normal. You know, I mean, when something terrible happens, like that's not normal. So this isn't like, oh, it's your fault. You put something out. This is not a, I mean, this is honestly so completely different from like this whole victim blaming thing that honestly our legal system does a lot, um, not to mention regular individuals, this is saying, okay, what am I putting out there? And in the aftermath of the things that have occurred, what am I putting out there? Uh, Am I taking responsibility in terms of if this is a bad situation I'm in, finding a way to get out of it, taking even the smallest steps to move forward? Is this, if this is a situation of, you know, turmoil in a relationship, Am I identifying what part I'm playing here? Even if it's just a crappy interaction with a stranger, thinking, well, did I go into that interaction on edge, feeling like, you know, they were a selfish asshole or feeling negative about them in some way? Now, this isn't to excuse people being assholes or people doing unforgivable things. All I'm saying is that you have to take responsibility for 
you know, who you are in the aftermath and who you are leading into that and recognize that you don't exist in a vacuum. So obviously with these things today, these are not life or death situations for me. And I'm very grateful for that. But I recognize like the first, that the first thing I had to do was take responsibility. (laughs) And I recognize luckily that right away that this was an egoic response to things up leveling because I've been feeling them energetically in my meditation practice. I practice Kundalini, which quite frankly, rearranges the molecular structure in your energy field. <laughs> no big deal. Um, I'm not going to get into the, the art and science of Kundalini, but I had definitely experienced in the past few days this feeling of like, oh, I'm like physically, I can feel my energy moving kind of to the next stage. And I'd had, you know, a few weeks ago, like a weekend of meltdowns when I was also doing that same thing, you know, and and this is kind of the next level. And that permeates everything in my life, you know, my goals, my desires, what I'm bringing in. And, you know, my ego got a little, gets a little freaked out. My ego, when it's seeing like, oh, shit is going to get even better. Like, oh, the things that you've been wanting are actually happening. You know, it's pretty scary for the ego because here's the thing you are attached to things the way they are I guarantee it I mean I have given advice to so many people this week who I mean at the end of like this long advice I would give them they were just like well you know like it was clear they don't want to change and you know what that's fine but and I talked about this in episode one you really have to question if you're not willing to change then what are you doing talking about it it's just it's just emotional masturbation at that point yes we all need to rant sometimes but you know what even if you can identify that you just don't want to change it (laughs) that's actually pretty powerful you know I mean there have been plenty of times when I had some crappy situation and a friend would give me some great advice and I would say you know what I know I should do that but I also know I'm not going to at least that's honest at least that's taking responsibility for any ridiculousness that ensues as a result of that so there's that take responsibility you have to do that first now after you take responsibility it's important to you know realize that there is something larger at play and I guess these ideas go together you know it's and it's like I talked about sometimes things have to kind of crash into the ground so that you can be done correctly and who knows I mean for example the podcast not recording earlier maybe they're is more information that will come through me when I record it again that I would have missed otherwise. Maybe this message I'm delivering instead is going to resonate much more deeply. I don't know. Like I said, I'm just talking tonight, today. I don't have notes. I barely even have a topic. But I'm just following my intuition on this. I'm following the the call, the pool. And I hope there's a reason for that. So recognize that you actually don't know what's going on. And now if things go to bad, from bad to worse, you have to just believe that there's a reason. And that's called faith. And that's why I say you have to believe that. Because what's your alternative? Feeling even worse? I mean, and if you're in the middle of something really heartbreaking, it is completely fine to understand that you need to experience that 
I mean, there is something to be said for catharsis. And especially when it comes to heartbreak. I mean, I have a actually a really epic kind of embarrassing um, heartbreak playlist that I made the last time my heart was broken. You know, I think I'd listen to it in bed, nonstop for three days, doing nothing else. And I remember by the end of that time, I wasn't over it. Of course not. Took a very long time to get to that place. But I was, I didn't feel quite so messy anymore. You know, it's not that I felt like I wasn't broken. I still felt broken, but I was like, the pieces have been cleaned up a little bit, you know? The ugly cry was over. There were still tears, but, you know, by really feeling that, I was able to move through it quicker than I would have otherwise. So I'm not saying not to feel your feelings and not to just go straight to the, oh, everything happens for a reason thing if you're really hurt and you're really upset. But you have to understand on a deep level that we don't have a fucking clue why things are happening. And even in terms of of physicists, a lot of, you know, some physicists think that matter behaves irrationally and that times when it does things that are unpredictable, that that is kind of proof of the chaos of the universe. And others believe that you know, in these ideas that are more related to quantum physics, where everything is connected and, you know, matter is neither created nor destroyed and things of equal vibration are attracted to each other. This point isn't about physics. The point is that there are a lot of different ways of viewing the world. And I personally just choose as much as I physically can to realize that there is a point. There's a reason And maybe that's just me making myself feel better. I mean, I dated a psychologist once. Um, That didn't last too long. (laughs) We were extremely different. And I viewed everything in a spiritual light, like I just talked about. And he would always, he took this weird delight in, you know, kind of in his eyes, shooting down my ideas and explaining them with psychology. And it just made me laugh because I always would explain, I would say, you know, we're talking about the same thing. He would always say, oh, that's hindsight bias. You know, going back to, you know, looking back and thinking, okay, this is proof that everything happens for a reason. You know, I didn't get this job and then I got a better one. He would call that hindsight bias, which is a very real, you know, psychological concept. And I would laugh and I would say, yeah, but like, that's the point. And also who cares? Because here's the thing, the way your brain works, you have the reticular activating system. It's the part of your brain that finds things, pieces of information that back up its dominant beliefs. And this is just evolutionary, you know? This is just about keeping us safe back when we natural predators. This is about remembering, oh, these kinds of situations present these kinds of dangers. But the beauty is we're not generally being hunted by animals anymore. And we actually have the choice in how we get to use that part of our brain. We can now choose to see what we want to see. And I'd rather choose to see beauty in the world, to see things going right for me, to see the universe conspiring in my favor than the opposite. If that's confirmation bias or, you know, the law of attraction or God, I don't give a shit. 
Because at the end of the day, I'm still happy. So for me, taking responsibility for the ener- my energetic side of this pile of chaos, it gave me hope. It made me feel empowered. It made me realize that I'm not at the mercy of what happens to me. And, you know, I the few messes I had made that I thought I could talk to somebody and hopefully get a little bit fixed up, I, I did everything I could. I mean, yes, of course I could look back and think I should have done this, this, or this, but... You know, in the present, I did everything I could to fix what had to be fixed. Um, And I dove deep about, you know, what was I afraid of here? I mean, I'm lucky I know by now that my ego likes to self-sabotage when I'm, you know, up-leveling, like I said. Especially in terms of, you know, physical drama happening around me. Um, It's like telekinesis, you know? (laughs) And in recognizing that, I realized that, you know, I just need to tell myself it's safe. I need to remind myself it's going to be fine. I can do this. It's going to be great. It is safe to be successful. It is safe to have what I want. And so, you know, that takes the wind out of the sails of the sabotaging ego. It does. And having taken responsibility and feeling empowered, I then have started to feel, you know, more confident. I can sit straighter. I realize it's safe to breathe. It's safe to take a second to eat something. Again, this is about safety. Just this is making yourself realize that it's safe. I mean, I think that so many times when things are going wrong around us, We just need to tell ourselves it is safe. I am safe because we have all the all of these flight or flight fight or flight responses stored in our brains from, you know, our genetic codes. And they're generally applied a little excessively. You making us feel like we're physically in danger when just something is going wrong or having a problem at work. You know, you're not physically in danger. You're not going to die unless you're boss is a psychopath and you know (laughs) um but I really shouldn't laugh about that that's kind of dark but you know happy Halloween (laughs) but I just really want to remind or just maybe to tell you for the first time that you are safe and you know what if you don't feel physically safe for some reason then I know, I know you are empowered enough to make a change in that, to get out. Whether it's seeking help from a friend, a coworker, honestly, it does not have to be somebody you know, or it can be somebody you know just slightly. I've had people come to me with needing help from, for a friend of a friend, And I've gladly helped them. So the resources are there if you do genuinely feel like you are in physical danger. But for the rest of us, we don't have an excuse. If anything, think to the people who are in physical danger and realize we can handle this, whatever this is for you. We can handle it. 
it's safe to go after what you want. It's safe to seek your pleasure. It's safe to slow down. It's safe to treat yourself well, to ask for what you desire, for what you want, for what you need. It's safe to love. It's safe to have goals that scare you. It's safe to fail. And most importantly, because at least for me, this is a bigger fear than fear of failure. It's safe to succeed beyond anything you could have imagined. It's safe. You are safe. So really, I, when it comes to how to feel like good, when everything feels like shit, you know, this isn't a checklist of how-tos. This is deep emotional change. You know, it takes a lot of strength to take responsibility. It takes a lot of strength to, you know, recognize the role you play while also holding others to a high standard and not expect and not tolerating bad treatment. That's the choice. It takes strength to choose to walk away, to say no when something isn't working for you. Those things all take strength. They take bravery and courage. And to give yourself the sense of safety where you feel like, you know what? It's safe to feel good again. No matter how shitty your day has been, it's safe to feel good. You know, it's safe to take a nap if you need that reset. And God, I think I talked about it in episode one. Nothing like a nap to reset your energy. It's a clean slate when you wake up. The momentum you've been building of, oh, everything's going wrong. Life sucks. What am I going to do? stops when you sleep so that can really help or even just as I'm going to do right after I finish this podcast is make some coffee or tea sit by the window and watch the rain and just have faith that it's all going to work out because what choice do I have Venus tells me, of course it's going to work out. Because whatever happens is your future. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> oh, I just like downloaded. I think that means, I don't know, if I had to just guess. I think that means that we have a we put a lot of emphasis or fear around this idea of that there be, there's a right path and a wrong path and you know there's something that's meant to happen but and you know, people who claim to tell the future make a, can make a lot of money off of this and you know it's funny because myself, as a practitioner of magic, as a, I mean, I read tarot, I practice divination. A lot of people would think, well, isn't that what you do? But it's not, actually. And I think, and I really believe that the most um, knowledgeable tarot readers, for example, any divination, but um, in this case, in this example, tarot, will tell you that they can't see the future. I mean, we can make a guess. You know, maybe I think it was 
Lindsay Mack, who's a very well-known tarot reader. I think I it was on an, a podcast of an episode. I don't know. A podcast interview I heard with her. And she's like, really best. And she's, I mean, one of the most like highly regarded tarot, young tarot readers out there in the, you know, internet sphere. <laughs> and she said, you know, you can guess maybe like a 50-50 chance. But really what she was getting at was that, and I'm paraphrasing what she said, is that, you know, the future is unwritten. I mean, the future can future changes in every moment. And I believe that. So I guess that message from Venus is about the fact that whatever happens is your future. It's, it's, well, it's your present now. So we can be pissed off about it and think like, this is terrible. Nothing goes my way. Or we can recognize that we have a choice in how we handle this. And that's where, you know, the glory comes. I mean, think about all of the people who have, again, seemingly against terrible odds you know, risen up to create something beautiful, something incredible. This isn't glamorizing pain. This is just saying that you choose. And so whatever has happened, however things work out, even if you're shitting a brick while they're happening. I love that expression. (laughs) I remember my mother used to say that growing up. It's like like shitting a brick. (laughs) I just love that. My sense of humor is basically like, you know, seven-year-old boy level, I think. Anyway, whatever happens is your future. So run with it. And by running with it, that's how you create those memories of those times where you think, wow, that was terrible. And something amazing happened as a result. So are you going to listen? Are you going to follow that guidance that comes from yourself? Or are you going to live in fear? I'm not, all, I'm not about living in fear. It's not a cute look. So whatever happens, I'm not going anywhere. And with that, have a great week. I'll see you next week for our next episode. Goodbye.